Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We're trying something a little bit different with the Twitter spaces. I uh, thought it'd be a little bit more interactive. Go have some fun with uh, with uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast this time around. Mark, how you feeling? Hey, I'm good, man. How you feeling, bro? It's been a while since the last pod, man. It, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, I bet the house and everything, and and now I'm having to go hotel to hotels ever since you gave me that advice. Oh my gosh, man! You're not gonna let that go, are you? <laughs> I see you were out there in L.A. You were, uh, I mean, you enjoyed Taylor. Just y'all best friends now, huh? Well, you know, we both work at Fox, man. So you know, I've been knowing her for for a little bit. You know, obviously, I, I was hoping the Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl. It would have been a lot more exciting that weekend, but it was still a good time, man. It looked like, you know, finally everything was a little bit back to normal. Like the radio row was actually a little bit more full, and, and people were out there. I know the Chiefs weren't out there, but what was that experience like just kind of being out there with the Super Bowl in your city? Oh, it was dope, man. It was really, it was really dope. I mean, the whole city was flooded with banners and posters everywhere obviously with the rams actually being in it so it was obviously that the home team was in it so a lot of people were out here very festive and things like that so yeah it was dope it was really dope man it was my first time really experiencing the super bowl like the whole week i was there for radio road things of that nature saw some people that i knew from kansas city that still made the trip so it was worthwhile man it really was but hopefully these chiefs can get back in it next year yeah, and we'll wrap up with the Super Bowl real quick. Obviously, the Rams won. Um, you said the Bengals shouldn't get off the bus in the AFC title game. I thought they actually had a shot to win it all in that in that Super Bowl. Let's take out the T. Higgins touchdown because obviously that shouldn't have counted. Uh, I, I thought the Bengals kind of held their own, and, and whether they're a one-year wonder or not, it, it, it was a hell of a run for them in the AFC, and they're going to be a team Kansas City's going to have to contend with for, for a while, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say this. The way that game was going, I truly believe if OBJ doesn't get hurt, the Rams win that game by at least two touchdowns. It was a, it was a game changer, obviously. And, and it was a lull in the third quarter for the Rams, too. Like, the offense changed. They were looking for that pass catcher. Cooper Cup was really kind of silent in that, that third quarter. And then when they needed him the most, he showed up and uh, got, home, got the MVP award, too. That, it, was, it was a fun Super Bowl, man. I know a lot of Chiefs Kingdom didn't really – didn't really watch it. Um, but That's not true, though. The ratings of Kansas City were actually really high for a Super Bowl. I thought of the KC ratings. Yeah, yeah I people, was surprised. KC loves football. I know they I know they were sad about how, how it ended in the AFC, but, uh, you know, they were invested and, and always will be as long as 15 is here. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%.
So we're talking about NFL Combine. If you're listening to this on the on the uh, podcast stream, we're actually doing this live on Twitter Spaces. Going to try and do it on Tuesdays now on the Arrowhead Pride page. Appreciate y'all who are tapping in now. Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd doing this Chiefs Coast to Coast. Obviously, Brett Beach and Andy Reid talking today ahead of the, the 2022 NFL Combine. And right off rip, they addressed what was kind of the, the elephant in the room and what kind of has been this entire offseason, and that's Eric Bieniemy. Uh, just before we get too deep into it, he obviously is coming back on a one-year deal. What's your early reaction to, to him coming back to Kansas City for his fifth, fifth season here? I mean, it's not too surprising. I mean, considering that he didn't get a head coaching offer anywhere, and as far as offensive coordinator goes, why would he leave Kansas City to be offensive coordinator somewhere else where you already have had success, you've already had top offense for multiple years, you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, so you're guaranteed to have success as long as you're, you know, you're with the Kansas City Chiefs in that offense. So I'm not surprised. I mean, obviously, I think he should be a head coach. I think he deserves an opportunity to be a head coach. And, you know, we don't know if he'll be a good head coach or not, but I at least think based on his resume, he he deserves the opportunity to at least show us one way or another. You said it wasn't surprising. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I was actually a little surprised, Mark. I'm going to be honest. Not that I completely bought into whatever that medium.com article said, kind of about rising tensions between the offensive staff and Mahomes and all that kind of stuff, but we hear so much about this Andy Reid coaching tree and Mike Kafka and you know rumblings of Matt Nagy coming back. We've been hearing those for, for months and months now. I just thought this was a natural kind of ending to Eric Bieniemy's tenure here. Not that things went badly, not that it was his fault that they collapsed in the second half, but maybe the relationship had kind of run its course and, and, and things were naturally coming to an end, whether he was going to be a, a head coach in the NFL or not, whether he was going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere or not. I just didn't really see him coming back on another one-year deal, especially with Matt Nagy now joining the fold and that Josina Anderson report that came out that basically uh, kind of alluded to the power structure being being muddied. Uh, it's going to be really interesting what the offensive staff, what, what the chemistry is looking like, man. It's just weird. you got to admit that it's weird. Oh, yeah, it's definitely weird. The only reason why I said I wasn't surprised is because of Andy Reid's loyalty. Like, we know Andy Reid may be even loyal to a fault at times. And mm. we know that he obviously wants Eric Bieniemy to become a head coach. I mean, look at his coaching tree. He's had plenty of guys under him become head coaches. So the only reason why I said I wasn't surprised is because if they didn't bring Eric Bieniemy back, what message does that send to the rest of the league? And it may not be accurate or not, but the narrative would be Andy Reid didn't want Eric Bieniemy anymore. And since he's already struggling to get a head coaching job already, that would pretty much eliminate him from ever becoming a head coach. Now, I know it's just a one-year deal, so he probably may be gone after next year, though. But I think Andy Reid is just hoping and praying that one more year can buy buy him some time and hopefully somebody hires him as a head coach. Because Andy Reid, deep down inside, does not want to – just let him go while he's struggling to get to become a head coach. And if he does let him go, I'm not saying it's let go is probably the bad term because he's technically on a one year contract. But essentially, like I said, the narrative would be 
the Chiefs didn't want him around anymore. So why should I hire him as a head coach if Andy Reid didn't want him? I have a, a couple things, and this is a this is an onion type story because there's so many layers to it, right? Bienemy, uh, the numbers under Bienemy for the Chiefs, any other any other OC has gotten a head coaching job. So you wonder, and like you said, the narratives. Where where does where do we go from here? Eric Bienemy comes back for one year. The Chiefs score thirty points a game. They lose in the AFC Championship game again, hypothetically. That's still not enough to get to get him a job and move him on somewhere. And we're also talking about an NFL world post Brian Flores, right? Like they, this this lawsuit is out there. So for Eric Bieniemy to not get a head coaching job under under the guise of under the direction of uh, of Andy Reid and under the guise of he's done everything right, and, and for the Chiefs to cut bait with him after this year, <laughs> maybe that was a another part of the bad look, as you would say, or the bad narrative. Uh, maybe that was something that Kansas City just couldn't swallow, and, and maybe, like you said, that buries Eric Bieniemy. I, I I don't know what more he can do, man. And, and it kind of felt like he was getting scapegoated, scapegoated in that article to kind of smooth over the fact that he was probably not going to come back. And what do I know? He He's back on a one-year deal. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I mean, he's done more than enough. He's overqualified to be Indeed. a coach. There's no question about that. So it's a tough spot, man. It's a tough spot. Like I said, Andy Reid is so loyal to his guys, man. And I know it just as much as it's frustrating EB, I think it frustrates Andy Reid just as much because it also ruins the um, the natural growth of the coaching staff, right? Because oh, yeah. if EB was a head coach already, Matt Kafka is probably the OC right now. He never leaves. But he's like, hey, I can't just sit here forever because <laughs> EB is ahead of me. You know how it's just like at work. Like when you have somebody ahead of you, they've been there for a while, but they're not leaving. It's like you're stuck. Like, you can't move up the, the food chain. And Matt was like, hey, man, I got an opportunity here in New York to be an OC. I don't know when this is going to come up again, and I don't know when EB is going to leave. So I'm stuck as a quarterback's coach in Kansas City. So I have to take this job in New York. And I can't blame him for that. But like I said, it's ruining the natural growth of the coaching staff because EB should be a head coach, and Kafka should still be here, but as an offensive coordinator. So now you bring in Matt Nagy, and obviously it's floating out there. The narrative is that he's going to become the new OC after next season. But what where does that leave EB? So it's it's a tough spot for Andy Reid, man. It's really tough. And, and you see the vision. And, and like you said, it kind of spoke to the backlog. But it also speaks to the damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? So, so EB is basically a, a, a lame duck in this year, it almost seems like, because – if Nagy comes in and maybe he has a little bit more play, more say in in the playing style and, and the play calling, and then when it's time for head coaching vacancies next time around, it's the same argument. You just remix it. Well, you say, well, Matt Nagy called the plays, or or Andy Reid called the plays. That's where I'm like, well, where do you go from here if you're Eric Bieniemy? That's why I almost felt like it was a natural ending because it's like. Well, I'm not going to win. I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm going to win games. I'm, I'm going. I'm with Patrick Mahomes and, and all the weapons here on offense. But it's, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. If we win a Super Bowl, it's going to be seen as somebody else d- did everything, and I rode their coattails. Let me just go somewhere else and 
whether it's a college opening, whether it's a, a an NFL opening, let me go somewhere else, get a clean start, and hopefully I can I, I can find success there. But the enemy's back, and, and I'm kind of excited about it, man. Continuity is always good for an offense. I would like to remind Chiefs fans who are standing on the ledge that y'all were not that far away this year. Lord have mercy. You score a touchdown in the second half, and all these narratives are different, Mark. My goodness, man. People so... People so people so today <laughs> about this team. This team was not that far away last year, man. Yeah, it's just the fact that it was such a blown opportunity. I mean, in my mind, the Packers were the only team in the NFC that really gave me some pause that the Chiefs were to get to the Super Bowl. But since they lost to the 49ers, it's like, okay, now we got the Bengals at home. We're seven-point favorites. We should beat them. Bet the house. And, and yeah, here you go. <laughs> and then you win that game, and you're the clear favorite in my mind against the Rams or the 49ers. Now, I think the Rams would have been a more competitive matchup than the Niners, but still, the Chiefs would have been the favorites no matter who they played in the NFC at that point. So it's just the fact that you wasted an opportunity that you're never going to get back again. I'm not saying the Chiefs are not going to win a Super Bowl again. I'm not saying that, but. The fact is, you're always going to look back and be like, hey, we could have had one more because the Chiefs in that Final Four, they were the clear best team in the Final Four teams left in my mind. And they blew an 18-point lead at home against the Bengals. And, and, and we'll wrap this on Eric Bieniemy because a lot of other stuff going on around the NFL Combine. Chiefs Coast to Coast here on Twitter Spaces. It'll also be on the podcast page on Arrowhead Pride tomorrow you, you talked about the blown opportunity and I, I was tweeting about this after the game I think that's really what hurts Chiefs Kingdom the most right like it was a situation where the game was won you needed seven points in the second half and, and that's the ball game and then the reaction after that is well maybe it's the enemy's fault that relationship has kind of soured or maybe it's the fault uh, maybe it's you know what's going on in Patrick Mahomes's personal life and maybe it's the distractions off the field and he needs to focus on what's going on on the field there's been so much reach this offseason to figure out what happened maybe we're, maybe we're overcomplicating what the issues are and what it will take for this team to get back uh, to the highest mountaintop I don't think they're f that far away and uh, Brett Veach kind of talked about that today at uh at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis we'll kind of use this as a segue to talk about Orlando Brown who is looking for a new a new contract, Brett Veach, I believe the quote today was it's likely that they use the franchise tag on him, but they're going to try and continue to work out a, a, a deal for their big left tackle protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side. What's your thoughts on uh, the, the contract, what it looks like, and, and maybe when it gets done, Mark? Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the first moves that gets done. It, it makes the most sense because obviously you can use the tag only on one person, and it buys you time to work on that big-time, long-term deal that Orlando Brown is obviously going to be seeking. And we know with left tackles, I mean, outside of quarterback and maybe wide receiver, I mean, left tackles are going to get paid very handsomely, especially if you're one of the best at your position. I think he's a top five, top ten for sure left tackle in the league. So, And he's young. He's still young, too. So I do believe he will get a big payday but I don't think it will be until next offseason. I do expect him to get the tag, and I know we're going to get to this later, but, you know, this is going to affect Tyron Matthews. 
Absolutely. I'm looking at Spotrack here for numbers. They have his market value at about 23 and a half per year. I I, I think they actually get a, a long-term deal done if I had to look into my magic crystal ball and, and make a prediction. Really? Obviously, obviously, the tag is coming. That's that that's coming. Uh, the deadline is March 8th. That'll happen. But I think they get a long-term deal done because it opens up cap space down the road, right? Like That was the whole impetus behind the Patrick Mahomes deal is Get it done now before the cap booms, get the numbers locked in, and then we have more flexibility to get the other guys locked in. Travis Kelsey is going to want another payday. Tyreek Hill is going to get an extension here coming. It, it, it's on the front office to get these long-term deals done as quickly as possible. And, and Brett Beach kind of talked about that today. He, he's not going to rush into anything, but um, I think Orlando Brown wants to be in Kansas City. I don't think the numbers will be too far off. We'll see how long this one lasts, but – uh, everything Veach has said has been extremely complimentary. I mean, he, he even went as far as as calling him their left tackle of the future when uh, in his end of the year address right after the Cincinnati game. This is probably one of the. Uh, this is just my opinion, but this is probably one of the more drama free negotiations that Veach will have uh, this off season. That's just a guess. <laughs> you said that tongue in cheek, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know there there are there are a couple other negotiations. <laughs> that have been a, a little bit more, more contentious. We'll just say that. But, I mean, and, and that's what happens when you win the Super Bowl, man, or or when you're in contention every year. Like, dudes want to get paid, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're playing at the highest level. Uh, you, like you said, Orlando Brown's a top-flight tackle. I mean, you can't just keep kicking the can down the road, and the Chiefs have done relatively well with, with, with picking at the end of the draft and uh, having to pay a lot of guys. Something's got to give at a certain point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we're kind of at the point now where I think <laughs> the people listening kind of can tell where we're going with this. Let's address the elephant in the room, man. Honey Badger. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. You go, <laughs> you go first. Oh, man. <laughs> is, he okay. ba- is he back in Kansas City next year, yes or no, and then why? Yes or no? Wow. I okay. said yes or no, and then why? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Man, I'm going to say yes. And I say that not very confidently. But I will say this, and this is very important when it comes to negotiations, and both sides have been very outspoken about this on separate occasions. Tyron Matthew has expressed his love and desire to remain as a Kansas City Chief, and Brett Veach has mentioned his desire to keep Tyron Matthew around. So, that's step one, and that's a big step. Both sides want to stay together. That's huge. Now, the tricky part is Tyron Matthew, and if you guys follow his tweets, which I'm sure you guys do, he is not shy about expressing one in the bag. I mean, he has, quote, tweeted other safeties when they get their contracts, and they're pretty hefty. And you could tell that he wants to be one of those guys that's the highest paid or one of the highest paid safeties. But I think he probably wants to be the highest paid safety. But at the same time, I think he cares about legacy. I think he cares about winning. I think he cares about continuity and the brothership, the brotherhood that he has developed here in Kansas City. And I think at the end of the day, they can come to a number that makes both sides happy. And it may be a little bit less than other teams are willing to offer him. But I think when you consider that he is on the borderline of being a future Hall of Famer, 
He's already won a Super Bowl title here in Kansas City. When you think of Tyron Matthew, you picture him in the red and gold. You don't picture him as a Houston Texan. You don't picture him as an Arizona Cardinal. You picture him as a Kansas City Chief. This is where he's built his NFL legacy. Because we already know about LSU. He's an icon in college. We know that. But as far as the NFL, he is a Kansas City Chief. And I think that will outweigh a few million dollars that he may get elsewhere, like a Baltimore or something like that. So I think ultimately he does stay. But it's, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Uh, I, I want to start by thanking everybody tuning in here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Twitter Space. Hey, why are you laughing? <laughs> also, <laughs> podcast. It'll be available <laughs> tomorrow. We're talking Tyron Matthew here, as well as other free agents as the Chiefs. Kind of uh, turn the page here in free agency and the NFL Combine kicking up this week. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and close the storybook that you went ahead and, and wrote here on, on Tyron Matthew's legacy in Kansas City. If it's a yes or no question, my answer is no. And I, oh, I, brother. Uh, it's not a – what stuck out to me, you said he wants to be paid like a top-flight safety. Like, come on, man. Are we paying you for for what you did or what you're going to do? And, and Brett Veach has to walk that line, man. It, it, it It's tough decisions that need to be made. And we saw the Anthony Hitchens decision come down that was a cap move and I think ultimately this is going to be a a cap move as well not that I don't think Tyron Matthew should be immortalized in the red and gold or what he brings to this defense is something that can be replicated by somebody else because I don't think that I think Brett Veach has to weigh that option I think if they're thinking about getting another guy that's out there or even a rookie in the draft to replace his production I mean that is a dream as well but it, it, it tough decisions are going to need to be made, and I just think this is one that that's going to go a different way. I, I could see a team like Baltimore. I could see another contender even just throwing up an offer, uh, just to kind of muddy the water. We know that happens all the time in negotiations, especially in the NFL. And all it takes is one team to kind of to kind of get his mind rolling somewhere else. I followed his tweets just like everybody else. It, it's hard to decipher what. Is what is emotion in the words of, of Brett Veach, and what is kind of uh, what's really going on at the negotiation table? I, they can't be that far off, man. The difference between what three million dollars is going to send you somewhere else. I, I think there is kind of that legacy play to effect, but I think the Chiefs have kind of already made their mind up on this one. And if you're reading between the lines, especially with some of the things that were said today. Uh, it's a lot of GM talk, man. It's, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of kid gloves going on right now, and, and generally, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, and like I said, I said yes, but I wasn't very confident in saying yes. So it's like a fifty-one forty-nine thing for me because if you put me on the spot, I had to say yes or no. So I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't come back to Kansas City. I just believe. For the factors that I mentioned, and I don't think if the numbers aren't that far off between Kansas City and another team, I think ultimately he would take a little bit less to stay in Kansas City. I mean, he's already, you know, his family, you know, he has a beautiful family in Kansas City. He's done a lot in the community. And like I said, man, he cares about being one of the all-time greats as well, too. Like, he loves the game of football, and he wants to be immortalized. He wants to put on that gold jacket. 
And if you go somewhere else, I mean, he's only 30 years old, so he's not that old. If you go somewhere else, let's say, I don't know, Baltimore for the next four or five years, you know, go to the playoffs, but never really make any major noise, never win a Super Bowl, never even go back to a Super Bowl. <sighs> What's that do for your legacy? I mean, in Kansas City, you know for a fact you're competing for Super Bowls year in and year out. And if you add another ring or two, and you already got the All-Pros, you already got the Pro Bowls, you made the All-Decade team, you are a surefire Hall of Famer. I'm looking at the numbers here. Uh, about 14 and a half base salary last year with a $19 million dead cap hit. Uh, market value for a top-end safety. I think Harrison Smith reset the market at about 16 a year. So what are we talking about? $2 million, $3 million here. It adds up when, when you're trying to squeeze a lot of guys in. And we're going to have to talk about Frank Clark here in a second, too. When we're talking about money and guys that are going to have to take discounts. Um, and we've seen Chiefs do that before, man. I remember Mahomes saying that he left some money on the table for Chris Jones and, and guys doing that kind of thing. We'll see. Tyron Matthew is always going to keep us involved. So uh, <laughs> I, would, I would keep the Twitter notifications on. For him, one more guy as far as free agents are concerned, Charverius Ward was mentioned today. Um, Brett Veach mentioned him as somebody who fits the scheme and, and somebody who would like to have back. What's your yes or no on that? Uh, that's a tough one, too. That's a tough one, too, because corner obviously is one of those very valuable positions. I mean, it's probably the hardest position to play. And it's a position the Chiefs are going to be paying attention to this offseason yeah. as well. Can't afford to let guys who've been in your scheme just walk out the door. Yeah. So I'm just not sure how other teams view Charvarius Ward at this moment and what's the market value out there. I don't think he's going to break the bank per se. So I do think he will remain in Kansas City just for what you mentioned. Like you said, we're already kind of thin at corner. I mean, we know that Brett Veach loves those former first-round picks at corner, but those guys haven't panned out. The DeAndre Bakers of the world, the Mike Hughes of the world. So I think keeping him there is vital because if you lose Charvarius Ward, you're going to have to get another corner. I mean, free agency are high in the draft. So if you just keep him in-house, that's one less move you have to worry about moving forward. And I think he probably wants to stay in Kansas City as well, unless some team just offers him a crazy, ridiculous bag. But I just I don't see that happening. So I think he will stay. I think Ward is back as well. Simple as that. Won't won't spend too much time there. I think he's back in Kansas City next year. I see a couple of people requested to talk in here and just wanted to throw in that we will take a couple of questions towards the end. Hang on. We're trying something new. Want to get you all involved as well. But we're going to wait to the end to throw our questions in. So if you got anything, request. Throw your hand up, and, and, and we'll make sure to try and get you involved towards the end. One more name that, that Brett Veach mentioned today and, and then possibly finish up with the draft, McCole Hardman. You know I'm going to throw my cape on for, for our guy here. I think we mentioned him every single pod so far, so we're going to keep the <laughs> brain rolling. Uh, Andy Reid actually mentioned him today and said he was a guy that came on strong towards the end of the year. And he also mentioned that there was concerted effort from the coaching staff to utilize him in the best way possible. We mentioned the Debo Samuel type comparison and how they were using him in the direct handoffs and a lot of the tunnel screens and getting him involved in space. You got to think with Matt Nagy coming back in the fold, especially with the way McCole Hardman finished the year last year, 
he'll be due for another big year in 2022. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I think at this point, the Chiefs, have understood what McCall Hartman is, and they're not going to make him be something that he's not. And he's not a true number two receiver. He's not a guy that can run the full route tree. But what he is is a guy that you can use on those gadget plays, jet sweeps, wide receiver screens. Just get the ball in his hands and tell him to make a play. Because one thing you can't teach is speed. And when you already have a Tyreek Hill out there, that's another person you have to worry about because – Obviously, we see Tyree Hill gets bracketed all the time, but you can't account for everybody. And you got Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field, and then you got McCole Hartman just kind of out there freestyling it, right? Just doing the do it every do it all type of guy. So he has a role on this team. But if the Chiefs, I know we're going to get to this too, and I think they will, they get a legit wide receiver too. That really opens up everything especially for McCole Hardman, because now you have a guy opposite of Tyreek Hill that can run the route tree that's going to see one-on-ones because you can't double everybody. And then you still got McCole Hardman out there in the slot or in the backfield. So I think if they get a wide receiver two, a legit wide receiver two, and there's plenty of options out there in free agency and the draft, but I think they're going to attack it in free agency for sure. That opens up just everything and this Chiefs offense at that point in my mind will be virtually unstoppable it is officially the offseason when you know Mark Gunnels is talking about the Chiefs acquiring a wide receiver too we will be talking <laughs> and so in the time it seems like uh, the Chiefs trying to add another weapon there and there's some guys out there in free agency they can add in addition to the draft but one more thing on McCole before before we talk wide receiver too I usually did this thing on Twitter after games where it was like a photo of the day or a photo of the night or whatever, something that kind of encapsulated what I felt like was a storyline from that game. And if I did a photo of the day from that AFC championship game 
it would be a picture of Patrick Mahomes hugging McCole Harmon, man. And it was like an unknown, like you would have never pictured that eight weeks into the season or nine weeks into the season. Cause those guys had no, they had no feel for each other. They had no connection whatsoever. Uh, McCole Harmon was relatively benched. It seemed like the coaches didn't know how to use him. And then towards the end of the year, he picks up the coaches start utilizing him in the right way. Word to Andy Reed. And, that hug after the touchdown and he hit the Quan and all the Eli Apple stuff or whatever, I just thought it really encapsulated not only McCole Hartman's arc as far as the season uh, and, and really getting back in the good graces of the coaching staff, but also quarterback one and number 15. And if he truly continues that arc and comes into training camp with that same mentality, maybe we're not having to have this same damn wide receiver two conversation every single podcast, man. Maybe he can be that wide receiver two. I'm going to push back on that. Maybe he's more than a guy in 2022. Damn it. I'm putting on my McCall Harmon cape. Here it is. All right. Yeah. You got to, you have to slow down, buddy. Slow down, slow down. McCall Harmon. He is not a wide receiver two and that's okay. And I know his draft status. He's a second-round pick. So, ideally, you would want him to be that wide receiver, too. But at what point do we just give it up, man? He is what he is, and that's okay. He's a gadget guy. He's a slot receiver, a wide receiver three. You know, because I, I don't think Demarcus Robinson will be back. So, I like him in that spot. I like him getting the ball quick in his hands. I'm not asking him to run the full route tree. Just be that speed guy. Be that speed guy, that baby Debo Samuel, because obviously he's not Debo. Baby Debo. He could be, he could be a baby, a really <laughs> baby version of Debo Samuel. And that's okay. As long as you get a legit, bigger body, physical wide receiver too. Give it up, Aaron. He's not that guy. All right, so I'll give it up into the next podcast. McCole Hartman is not a wide receiver, too, for right now. Who are some of the guys that you're looking at, uh, whether it's the draft, free agency, to kind of fill in that role? Because uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a persistent conversation. Yeah, so the guy that I really wanted, I'm not sure that's possible anymore because the Chiefs got Matt Nagy, and that's Allen Robinson. And if you guys have been following Allen Robinson on social media, he basically has uh, accused Matt Nagy of freezing him out of the offense last year. So I don't believe he's going to want to follow Matt Nagy to Kansas City. But luckily, there's some other options out there. Got a Chris Godwin. Now, he may be a little bit more expensive, but he is coming off of a big injury. So I'm not sure what his market value exactly will be, but he's an option. Mike Williams from the Chargers. Now, the Chargers have a lot of cap space, and I don't think they're going to want to let him go. But the Chargers do need to add more speed offensively, and it depends on what he's asking for. I know he's asking for kind of a lot, so he may be out of the Chiefs' range as well. I think one guy that the Chiefs do have in their back pocket, though, if all else fails, is Juju Smith-Schuster. And I don't think that's a bad consolation prize. Look. I know he's kind of been struggling the last couple of years. Obviously, he got hurt this past year. He did come back and play in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. But at the same time, we have to be fair. And Big Ben has been washed the past two years. So you're playing with a washed quarterback that cannot throw the ball past 10 yards. And 
his best years were when he was next to Antonio Brown. Now, people are saying, look what he's done without Antonio Brown. But guess what? That wouldn't matter in Kansas City because you'll be next to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So he's not a number one. But I think on this Chiefs team, he'll be a wide receiver too. But technically, he'll be the third passing option because he's behind Travis Kelsey as well. So I think when you have talent around him, I think that's when we'll see the best of a juju. And obviously last year, the Chiefs went really hard at him. They actually offered him more than Pittsburgh did. But I believe he only went to Pittsburgh, only stayed in Pittsburgh because he wanted to play the last year with Big Ben. I think it was like a sentimental thing for him to play with Big Ben for his last year. But I think now, obviously, with him gone, and we don't know who's going to be throwing passes in Pittsburgh, I think he wants to come to Kansas City and the Chiefs can get him if they want him. He's not my first option, not my second option. But I think if all else fails, at the very least, you can get Juju. Plenty of good stuff there. And we know the Chiefs will be active not only in the draft, but also in free agency. Uh, I, I would just add one more thing before we get to the request. I think we got four requests here. I'll let you pick your favorite host okay. to, uh, you know, shoot us a question here as we wrap up here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Fun stuff here, man. We're on Twitter Spaces today. It's going to post on the podcast page tomorrow. Uh, and, and it's been really fun. I think uh, I think trust is important with whoever you got, man. And down the stretch of the second half of that AFC Championship game, I didn't see a lot of trust from 15 to a lot of different receivers. And, and ultimately, no matter who you bring in, they're going to have to build that chemistry very quickly with him, especially when it matters in the clutch. Some really fun stuff here, Mark. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you giving us your wisdom. And thank you for no betting advice as well, because I would like to keep my house this time around. Well, there's nothing to bet on right now, uh, Aaron, so, as far as football goes. So stop throwing that in my face. Man. You're not on you the obviously... USFL lines or like, <laughs> like... Give me a couple of weeks, man. I got to do some research. I got to do some research, man. Are you ready to take some uh, people to speak, man? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it. All right. Oh, the great Darren Smith is on here. Okay, let me add my guy. Darren Smith, man, one of the best following the Chiefs in the game. Oh, absolutely. Hey, what's up, man? Darren, you got us? Nah, I don't have it's okay. a smart have to bet your house. Okay. So that's that's the one good thing. Don't 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 bet your house on anything. But I'm a, <laughs> I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta respectfully disagree about this whole Juju Smith-Schuster thing. First of all, he had his chance to come to Kansas City. Last year, as we all know, and he decided to go back to Pittsburgh. This whole sentimental thing about Big Ben, Big Ben didn't have an arm, you know, before he got injured. So that, that that's not existing. The thing is, you got to keep in mind, the Chiefs were a half time away from getting back to the Super Bowl with the same receiver that they had last year. So while we talked about they're looking for a number two receiver, they don't necessarily have to go out and be on the market to get one. They don't have to pay top dollar value because – Technically, they got they got to have you. Know, they were just a half time away from going back to the Super Bowl with the talent and with the receivers that they've had over the last two three seasons. So, you know, so if they if they want to get Allen Robinson and one of these other receivers, fine. But they don't have to pay top market value because at the end of the day, you still got back. You still got back to the position of where you were at. And then finally, on top of that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they bring in. When it gets down to the clutch, Patrick is going to go to Tyreek and he's going to go to Travis regardless of who the number two is. That's my that's my take on that. Thank you, Darren. 
I appreciate you trying to drill some sense into my co-host. I've been saying the same exact things. Oh, somebody, my God. Somebody out here listening. Appreciate you. Who, who's next, Mark? <laughs> I'm about to bring up Danny. He's been waiting in the queue for a minute. Danny looks like he's a very knowledgeable guy. Hey, Danny, unmute yourself, man. How's it going, y'all? Hey, uh, hey, boys. I just, I'm sorry. I just had a quick question. I'm sorry, right, y'all. Uh, I'm, I'm right here feeding my son, listening to y'all, talking about my Chiefs. I love it. I love hearing about it. Um, with, with that second half, my, my only issues were really like, we did a great job. You did a great job that first half and I, I loved every second of it, but my main issues were, were, we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't tackle Joe Burrow when he ran. One issue I had, I would like to get rid of Frank Clark for sure. But one, one main thing I didn't like was like, when we're at the goal line, I would like to see the, the running of the ball more. And I was just thinking, I like Clyde. I love what we have with Darren. They were both hurt. Uh, McKinnon played great as well. But would you all like to see a bigger back back there? Like when we had uh, our boy back, who's in Cleveland now. Yeah, the defensive line is certainly going to be uh, addressed this offseason. I, I wrote this on Arrowhead Pride a little bit earlier this year. and You can go check that out. But I think KC's just going to end up cutting bait with Frank Clark after June 1st. Saves him about $19 million against the cap. And the cap number does not meet the production. Season or career lows since his rookie year, not only in sacks, but also in tackles. And uh, I think probably like we talked about with the enemy a little bit earlier, I think maybe just the relationship has come to an end with Frank Clark. There was a little tweet floating around earlier about them trying to trade him. I don't know who in their right mind would take that cap hit. I think Frank Clark is gone. And they try and revamp the defensive line. Chris Jones also has to show up in the postseason. I tweeted that after the game as well. 11 career postseason games for him and, and, and no sacks to show for it. I know how impactful he was in the Super Bowl and, and what he brings to that locker room in the regular season. But when winning time comes, uh, he, he hasn't shown up as of yet. And Kansas City's going to need him to show up when it matters. Yeah, and to address the running back question, and I'm going to get to you, Jonathan, next. So hold tight. I see you right there in the queue. So the Chiefs, the thing with running back is they're never going to have that primary guy right it's more of a running back by committee and with Andy Reid and his play calling style you're not gonna have a running back get 20 plus carries a game it's just not gonna happen so I'm okay with the running back by committee Clyde is good enough he's still a first round pick they're still got a lot of invested in him so they're gonna ride him out throughout his rookie contract I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back Jarek McKinnon on a one-year deal or even uh Darrell Williams as well I think that's fine I think that's totally fine I know there was a report today floating around by Adam Schefter that the Giants are open to listen to trade offers for Saquon Barkley, right? But the Chiefs are a team, in my opinion, that are not going to be in a, the market for that. I mean, obviously, he's a great talent, but he's a guy that wants to be a primary back, and also he can't stay healthy. That's the main thing. So I know people are kind of talking about that as well, so I want to address the Barkley rumors for they start getting crazy i don't think the chiefs are going to trade for saquon barkley uh let me get to you uh aaron you got something to say yeah i agree with you on running back by committee and and reed has talked about that ad nauseum he likes the ability to kind of go change the pace daryl williams had a career year last year and, and it's going to be hard to over <laughs> overlook what he what he did in relief of, of clyde edwards Alaire, but I would avoid maybe the the phrase sophomore slump. He just got hurt last year, man, and, and he looked really good when he came back 
kind of from that injury and was healthy. So they're going to have a little change of pace as far as the running back is concerned. But good question so far. Appreciate y'all uh, y'all uh, engaging with us here. Yeah, we're going to wrap here in about seven minutes. So if you have a question, send a request, and we'll try to squeeze you in here. But jo- Jonathan, you're up. What's up, man? Hey, what's good? Um, <clears throat> my question is, is like about our corners. Like, what what do you think we should do um, about our corner situation? Should we address that in the drafts? And about our offensive line, like what what do you think we should on the offensive side? Like, should we beef it up a little bit more, or what is your take on that? Okay, I'll take the offensive line. You can take the cornerback question, Aaron. So, as far as the offensive line, their offensive line is set. They are they're good. They just got to worry about Orlando Brown's contract situation, but I think they're going to tag him. My uh, co-host thinks they're going to get the the deal done, the long-term deal done this offseason. So either way, Orlando Brown will be their left tackle handed to next year. The only question mark is right tackle, right? Because you got Lucas Niang, who they spent a pretty high draft pick on, got hurt, and then you had Wiley take his spot, and he did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. But I think ideally – you want Lucas Niang to be that guy, but we just haven't seen enough to fully trust it yet. So that's the only question mark. As far as everything else, you're set. Like I said, you got Orlando Brown, you got Joe Tooney, you got Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Like from the left to the right, you're good besides right tackle. That's the only question mark you have on the O-line. Yeah, O-line is set. I agree with you there. As far as the corners are, are concerned, a little bit earlier, we talked about Charverius Ward and uh, Brett Veach's comments today at the NFL Combine made it seem like he was a guy they were interested in bringing back. I wouldn't be shocked if he was a guy that came back for kind of that hometown discount. Pro Football Focus named him their most improved player. Um, so I think he's somebody that comes back to Kansas City and fits well in their scheme. And then obviously they're going to go shopping in the draft. Corner is one of those positions in the NFL you can never have enough. It's like pitching in Major League Baseball. There's always going to be corners. Teams are always looking for corner talent. Uh, I don't think they go and swing for the home run and try and look at a guy like J.C. Jackson or anything like that. I think the Chiefs are going to be penny pitchers and and try and stay as efficient as they can at the corner position. But Ward, a guy in the draft, and they go from there, is my opinion, on the corner position. All right, you can unmute now. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right, yeah. So I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Chiefs fan. I'm going to show my age here, but a Chiefs fan since the Steve DeBerg broken finger days. And uh, I want to know what you guys think about pass rusher in the draft, using that first pick on a good pass rusher, if there's any that you think that we, could, that we can get, maybe uh, that dude from Penn State. I know the pass rushers that are out there seem like they're not good run stoppers, but I don't think that's an issue with us, with our fast linebackers and our defensive tackles. So uh, pass rusher and then a, a number two wide receiver in that second round, uh, you know, somebody that's big, maybe a guy from USC or – whoever you think would be in that second round uh, for a wide receiver too. I think we got enough speed guys, but we need a big possession guy. Hey, Gunnels, that's all you. He said your catchphrase, wide receiver too. Yeah, I'll take that. You can take the pass rusher angle on this. So, and I'll say one thing about pass rusher too, though. I think they're going to go after Von Miller in free agency. I know you mentioned the draft, but I think Von Miller is the guy they're going to try to go after. He won a ring in L.A. He loves Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he always raves about him. So I would be shocked if they make a play there. But as far as wide receiver goes in the draft, 
I don't think Drake London is going to make it that far, even to the Chiefs' first-round pick. I think he's going to be like a top-20 guy, and he's like that prototypical big-body receiver that you want. But there is a guy in the second round that I think could be there and I really like, and that's David Bell from Purdue. I've been high on him since high school. I had a friend that he went to the same high school, so he told me about him a long time ago. And, I mean, if you watched him against the big-time teams in the Big Ten, like Ohio State, Wisconsin, things like that, like Michigan State, he had his best games against those type of teams. So he's a guy that I will look forward to in the second round if you want to go that route. But uh, I'll let you take the rest, Aaron. Yeah, I think they're going to be aggressive not only in the draft and free agency. I, I'm not going to point out any names for y'all. That's not my area of expertise. Obviously, they, they need to revamp the defensive line. I don't think Frank Clark is going to be there, as we talked about a little bit earlier. But let's try and squeeze one more question in here before we get out of here. Yeah, so we're going to end it with good luck, Chuck. <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Aaron, you ain't got to be like that, man. <laughs> now, nah, uh, my question to y'all is this. Um, it, it sounds like, what I was going to ask is this. It sounds like y'all willing to spend the most money on the defensive line position. What I was going to ask is that, What's the most money which you was what's the most money you would spend on a free agency position wise? Oof. Uh I think there's gonna have to be a flurry of moves made before we know what kind of level the Chiefs are at. Right now it seems like they're bargain bin shopping because they haven't made those other moves. Like we said, the Orlando Brown move earlier. Are we bringing Tyra Matthew back? It, like you have to figure out what your space is before you figure out where you're going to be spending. I have a very hard time thinking that the Chiefs are going to be home run hitters in, in, in this year's free agency. So if guys are asking for, for big-time money, 20 mil, stuff like that, I, just, I have a hard time case, seeing KC do that. What do you think, Mark? I think the only scenario where they would do that would be a one-year type of prove-it deal, right? Like a guy, like I know I mentioned him earlier, and I think he's not going to come now because of Matt Nagy, but like an Allen Robinson, right? He's 28 years old, close to 30, kind of had some up and down years, especially this last year with Chicago. Never played with a good quarterback before, but he could be like a one-year prove-it guy, right? I think that's the type of guy you're looking for, all right? Like a veteran, but like a Von Miller. Like, I don't think Von Miller is going to warrant, you know, big bucks. You know, you can get him probably like one year – I don't know, 12, 13, maybe 14 million. So, but I agree, like, essentially, as far as like a long term deal, like, you're not going to have a guy on your books 20 million a year for over four years, right? But like a one year deal, I could see that. But a lot of guys, they want that long term security. So you're probably not really going to realistically get a guy like that on a one year, like, $20 million deal, one year, $18 million deal. But there are some rare cases where that could occur. Great questions, y'all. I, I, I appreciate the engagement. For our first time doing the the Twitter spaces and then posting it, it, it was great feedback. A lot of y'all in here reacting, and I appreciate y'all rocking with us. We, we're planning on doing it this way, 7 o'clock on Tuesdays or around that time. We'll see what the Chiefs are popping on. We'll see who ends up getting, getting drafted in KC, and then uh, we'll be betting the house in preseason and regular season. <laughs> oh my gosh i can't wait till my next bet the house actually hits so you can stop teasing me about it then i can get my first house back mark come on 
<laughs> so where are you living at now? You got good Wi-Fi. You're on spaces. You got to have Wi-Fi. Hey, I appreciate y'all rocking with us. <laughs> appreciate y'all rocking with us. 